He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Old Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys, Jim Woodward, Taylor Williams with you as always. And boys, today was just supposed to be another Wednesday, not only in the sports world, but especially in the game of golf. Normally, no earth-shattering stories happen this time of year, but today we did get a huge story, and luckily we pushed our podcast back because I had to fill in on the sports animal today, which I love doing with Mark Rogers and Jim Traber, 98.1 FM, by the way, if you're in the Oklahoma City area, definitely check those guys out. Um, but Woody, I'll start with you. I was definitely not expecting Liv Bangkok to get official world golf ranking points. And we'll kind of dive into this whole situation. But Woody, the first order of business is the fact that uh, this news broke because of Jenna Sims, Brooks Kepka's wife. Um, and she posted it on her social media, posted it on her Instagram story, actually, and said, congrats to these boys for getting official world golf ranking points for this week. And then all of this news starts coming out. But Woody, uh, I, I don't think it really surprises me that a wife is the one to talk and kind of uh, spill the beans on all this. But uh, like you said off the air, I think Jenna Sims probably has more followers than everyone else that was at that party. <laughs> oh, I, I think that's for sure, Sam. She's a perfect spokesperson because no matter what she says, as pretty as she is, nobody... Uh worries about it much so she could blow that uh, world ranking points right by people and they're still staring at her so uh, kudos <laughs> to the lift to her i mean you know as we've said this we we you know the three of us have talked about it. we knew that at some point they're gonna have to they're gonna have to give them some kind of world ranking points this is just ridiculous their fields are getting stronger and stronger so uh kudos to them uh, i i bet you greg norman's having him a big old cocktail tonight and uh um, this is going to change it, guys. This that we've said all along: world ranking points is going to change this deal. And maybe, maybe Rory McIlroy knew that was coming, and that's why he's trying to put up a little bit of a uh, peace flag. Yeah, what an interesting day it was, guys. In all honesty, I mean, I, I totally did not expect to wake up this morning and look at my phone and see this. It says Liv may have found a way to get world ranking points, and I thought, well, how in the world did this happen? Some other big breakthrough, and. You know, I, I don't want to jump the gun too soon because unless I've missed something, it's not a hundred percent official that they will be getting points at least for at least for this event. Um, you go to the official World Golf website and the, the uh, miniature event is not listed this week. And reading up on on a Golf Channel order or not Golf Channel Golf, Golf Digest article, it states that it says quote here it's unlikely the OWGR would award points to this week's live event, saying that an alliance with another tour doesn't initiate automatic inclusion of live golf in the world ranking. So I, I'm not exactly sure what that means. I do think what what it does mean for sure is is that this process is going to get sped up entirely. So I, I do believe that 
more than likely the Saudi event or at worst the uh, the Miami event, boys, I do believe we'll get world ranking points, even if for some reason this event in Bangkok does. Yeah, T Dove, and I'm sure a lot of people or at least some people that are listening to us tonight are wondering what the heck we're talking about. And so basically what Liv has done is partner with the MENA tour. That's M E N A tour today and they announced a strategic alliance that will result in live golf invitational events becoming part of and sanctioned by the mina tour which has been recognized by the owgr the alliance will immediately qualify live golf for owgr points starting this week now what that means when it says it will immediately qualify t-dub what they're talking about is when people say that a tour to be recognized by OWGR, it has to be a tour for at least a year, right? Is that what we've heard, T-Dub? And, and yes. what that is talking about, it's saying by, you know, partnering with this MENA tour, which is essentially, you know, a feeder tour to the South African tour, right? It stands for the Middle Eastern Northern African tour, right? And so basically what and this became a tour in 2011, and I think they got uh, official World Golf Ranking Points awarded to them in 2016. Um, so basically what that's saying is they've been a tour for over a year, um, so by all accounts they should be getting official World Golf Ranking Points uh, immediately effective. But, you know, like you said, there's a lot of gray area here. We don't even know how many points would be allowed or would be awarded even if this does happen, right? And so, like, do they, do they, how do they consider the no cut event or the 54 holes or the shotgun start? Put all that to the side. Do, how much will they consider the uh, strength of field and, and all of this stuff? It, it, we, we have a lot of questions about this, but basically, when it's saying effective immediately, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will get official world golf ranking points. It just means that they have a whole lot better argument now, right? Absolutely, 100%. It's, uh, like we said, this is something that is, is fairly unseen. And essentially what, what it sounds like to me is almost a, a kind of a merger in a sense, right? Because these live events are technically going to be these miniature events. And one thing, too, to note, too, is that the official, the changes that the OWGR system made a, a couple of months ago is actually going to be an extreme benefit to this deal because now there's no minimums for, for the winners of the tour. It's totally fully based on just the players that are there. And the, the thing that will be diluted from it is, is that so many of the players on the list have already dropped so far in the world rankings that they won't get as many points as they should because they should be ranked higher. A la Dustin Johnson, Taylor Gooch are, are in that mix. So it, 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 so on that end, it actually is a lot better for, for the system going forward. And, I am interested to see when it happens because if live if live golf guys had to wait a full year, when did the first uh, London event happen in June? So that is what nine months from now, and, and there's no way that if, if this goes the way that they're right. wanting to it, and it sounds like Woody or Woody and Sam that 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 it's going to take far less than that. I, I would like I said I would be shocked that if if the Saudi event or at worst the Miami event aren't getting world ranking points. Guys. Yeah, and Woody, I mean, he kind of alluded to it, but that was my next question. And last show, we talked about how, you know, the 21st, second, and third ranked player in the world right now in official world golf ranking are all live players. And there's no live player in the top 20 in the world other than Cam Smith, who obviously was the latest to go to live. So to me, like Taylor was saying, 
how big of a strength of field will they have because they're playing behind the eight ball because they've already gotten screwed out of having official world golf ranking points up to this point. So as far as right now is doing, getting these official world golf ranking points too little too late. Are these guys going to get, you know, way less official world golf ranking points than they deserve for these live events? They will, they will do that. And and that's not fair. You you guys, we all know that that's, that's not fair, but the simple fact that they can start getting some is big. I think it's big because at some point they're going to have to justify looking at these fields and who's in these fields. And the same way that the majors are not going to cut these guys out, no matter what their world ranking points are, I don't see the majors cutting out. Uh, of course, Dustin Johnson and, and Cam Smith both have won majors, and they're, they're going to have a, a couple more years. But still, I just don't think you can possibly keep all these guys out of they play for live. I just, I, I still say calmer heads should get together before this is all said and done, guys. Let's just hope. I had a dream last night that Tiger Woods came on board with live golf because the PGA Tour came on board with Live Golf, and everybody sang Kumbaya, and the world became a better place. Now, why I was dreaming that, who knows, okay? But I think some there's going to be some big news still coming from Live. We're not done. The year's still not done. Yeah, 100%. And T-Dub, what this just kind of brings my mind back to is – what are we doing here? I mean, why are we going through all this red tape to try to justify giving Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith and Taylor Gooch official world golf ranking points? How ridiculous is this? In all honesty, guys, it's fairly asinine when you when you look down on it. One thing that's very, very interesting to note is, is that everyone's ripping the, the fact that the lives a 54-hole event and no cut, so they shouldn't be getting points. The few events that the miniature has had were that exact case. They were 54-hole event, no kind of event. The, the only difference is that they said it's okay because it's technically a developmental tour. Because like you mentioned earlier, Sam, it's a developmental tour for the Sunshine Tour, which is essentially the South African Tour. So uh, definitely, it's, and that, the, it seems like every time, like we talked about on the last show, the Hero World Challenge, you know, only a 20-person field getting official World Golf Ranking Points. It's just that any loophole you can find to say that Lyft should get World Ranking Points you, you, you can find some way to, to poke some holes in that logic. And it's, it, it is dumb, and I'm just ready for it to be over with because also, too, with the way the new ranking system works, it's essentially based on how many how many players are in your field. So with there only being 48, it's not going to get the same strength of field as a even medium-ranked uh, uh, PJ Tour event would, and maybe even some of the European tournaments just because they have full 144, 156-man fields. So, uh, definitely going to be interesting to see once they do get official golf ranking points to just what the strength of field is because I want to be able to compare it to what the other events are going around the world. Well, yeah, but you're, you're going to have a tough time comparing these events because in official world golf ranking, guys like Tom Kim, Tom Kim of all people, are ranked ahead of guys like Joaquin Neiman and Dustin Johnson. So, like I said, it's great that these guys are getting official world golf ranking points, but guys like Dustin Johnson are behind the eight ball because of stuff like this, and especially guys like well, Taylor Gooch. Well, well, one thing, too, is that if, if, for example, this field, if they are able to give world ranking points for this field, and let's say Dustin Johnson go out and wins, he's going to jump above Tom Kim in the official golf ranking. So it's the faster they're able to do it, then, like, for example, if you're going to finish 10th in a live event, I don't think you're going to move up very much. And one thing, too, that a lot of people don't notice, 
like what, Pat, what Patrick Reed tried to do when he went to the Asian Tour. He finished like 35th or something like that, and he actually dropped in the world ranking points because bad finishes are not good uh, for your record. So there's actually, like everyone thinks that just because you get world ranking points, you're going to move up, and it's just, it, it's if you don't play good, you're not going to get to. But if you go out you win some of these events, like the favorites this week, Dan Smith, DJ, Joaquin Neiman, uh, Louis, Taylor Gooch, if any of them go out and win, they're going to vote way up in the rankings if they're able to get it. So it's it, it, the longer they're not able to, though, this problem is going to get even more because Dustin Johnson not being in the top 10 at worst in the world, probably top 10? five at this point. Yeah, top it, five at least. Exactly. And that's why I said top, it, it, if you wanted to rank him that low, you, you would definitely find flaws in because he's been playing so good over the last few months. I mean, he finished top 10 at, uh, at, at St. Andrews in the British Open and really didn't, didn't hit the ball that well. So it's, I, I completely agree with uh, with the moves that are going on. And I just hope that, like you said, Sam, it, it's pretty much a farce at this point, and it, it needs to get done sooner rather than later. And Woody, I totally agree with what T-Dub is saying, that it's a good thing. Like he said, that if he if Dustin Johnson wins this week, he'll at least get into the top 20 in the world in official world golf ranking if they do allow uh, these official world golf ranking points to be awarded this week. However... My question still remains is why are we relying on all of these past precedents to where, you know, a tour has to be a tour for a year and now all of a sudden live is okay to get official world golf ranking points. Can't we use common sense, Woody, and just say that this there's no precedent for something like live and we've never seen top players, you know, go over in mass droves like we have uh, for live and so to me, the precedent means nothing. And and anyone that tries to convince me that, oh, they're not following the the past precedents that have been set um, just aren't using common sense. Yeah, but uh, haven't you noticed the world in the last few years? <laughs> yeah. Common sense is not really that high on people's agenda. Um, uh, you know, fighting, uh, arguing, uh, throwing rocks, that, that's, you know, that's, that's more like what we're going with. That's why I said, I hope cooler heads get it. We all know this is wrong. And common sense would tell you it's wrong. Dustin Johnson, where he's ranking the world, really? Come on, guys. But nobody was ready for Liv. And they're still backing up. They still haven't got their feet under them. And Liv just keeps moving ahead. So it'll run its course. Now, I hope these guys aren't so far, like you said, behind the eight ball by the time it does run its course that they can't possibly get the right rankings they deserve. But I don't know. It's um, I'm ready for November. I'm ready for the last tournament to live. I'm ready for us to take a little break. And maybe these guys can all get together and work something out. I'm just hoping. Yeah, me too. And, and the good thing for a guy like Taylor Gooch, I, I'm not exactly sure what his official world golf ranking is right now. T-Dub, do you know? I know a couple weeks ago it was 36. I, I believe that's still right. Off okay. Off right. And so basically he's in the mid-30s official world golf ranking. And so he's going to be in all the majors this year, right? But next year, if he didn't get any official world golf ranking points this year, the next year he would not be in tournaments in the top 50 like the Masters unless he played good in the majors this year. You know, it, it, it's just ridiculous. And and for a guy, I keep saying it, but it's true. For a guy like Cam Smith to play 14 events and get minimal official world golf ranking points while playing against guys like Dustin Johnson and and the likes, right? And I don't, I don't think we give enough credit to guys like 
of Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. We act like they're just done now that they went to the live tour. Those guys are going to start playing better golf as well. And so it's not like they're just playing against popcorn state using a college football term. These guys, there's let's just use common sense, T-Dub, and, and that's kind of all I'm saying. And yes, it's a good thing that they're getting official World Golf ranking points right now, but it's diluted official World Golf ranking points. Let's make a new system and bring everybody together. Luke Donald yesterday said he thinks that we can unite golf by keeping live guys out of the Ryder Cup. That's not the way to unite golf. The way to unite golf is figure out a way for all the best players in the world to play against each other on a weekly basis while compensating the players fairly. And clearly, the the price of what we thought these players were worth is clearly higher than the PGA Tour was valuing them. And so clearly, let's just use common sense, T-Dub. That's my main point of the day. What are we doing? Well, I mean, we've been saying this ever since all this started. I mean, it's it's the players that drive all the money and the revenue that's gonna that's gonna come from any of this. So, I do believe that there should be guidelines on what should be accepted to be an official World Golf ranking bit. But those guidelines should be that that the hole is the same size. You don't play a par three course. You, you know, just random stuff like that. Because if you see uh see off, you know, how many ever fifteen or twenty of the fifty best players in the world, and you play on basically what everyone would consider an normal golf course then yes there should be some sort of world ranking points out there and with this new system they're already going to be fairly penalized because like i mentioned earlier the field sizes aren't aren't, aren't big enough so it it just needs all all to come to a head or yeah come to a head because at the end of the day it's it's becoming such a farce and, it, and it's taking so much away from what these other events should be and it's 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 a distraction that the world of golf doesn't really need anymore it's a fun talking point uh, the first month or so that, that all this is going on. But now, it's like you said, it's just become ridiculous, with all, especially with all the big names that are on live now. It just needs to happen. And at the end of the day, it will happen. It's just a matter of when, in my opinion, because sort of like this Golf Channel, this, uh, I keep saying Golf Channel, Golf Digest uh, article mentioned, if, for, if the official World Golf Ranking denies this event, it could be used in, in what's remaining of the Live Golf Antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Turf. So it's, I think there's a lot of bigger ramifications that could come from this if if they aren't awarded these points even fairly soon. So while it is fairly entertaining to see, I'm just ready for it to be over with. I'm totally with you on that, T-Dub. And let's go to the golf that we will see in Bangkok this week. Dustin Johnson is your favorite at plus 450. Cam Smith at plus 500. Joaquin Neiman at plus 700. Taylor Gooch at plus 1400. And Louis Oosthuizen at plus 1800. So basically what Vegas is telling you is this is really a three-horse race between Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, and Joaquin Neiman. Now, we've seen... In all the live events that they are always more competitive than Vegas gives them credit for, that's clearly just to keep people away from betting on Dustin Johnson every week. Now, that's not talking about the teams because we have basically the same teams as we saw in Chicago, and the four aces are far and away the favorites. I don't even know if they put odds on the four aces this week. They're so big of favorites. Um, But that's obviously Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Taylor Gooch, and Pat Perez, the dynasty that the four aces are. The only player um, that will be different in this Live Bangkok event is Hideto Tanihara will be taking the place of 
former Arizona State player David Pooge, and so he will be playing for Team Torque with Joaquin Neiman. Um, so, boys, where do you want to start with all this? I guess my first question would be to T-Dub. T-Dub, do you think it's a three-horse race? Do you think Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, and Joaquin Neiman are the only guys that have a shot to win this golf tournament? Are they the only ones that have a shot? No, I don't think so. I think that that TG has, has a great chance to win this term. And I think even maybe someone like another local guy, Abraham Anster, has a chance to start turning around and playing good. But if I did have to bet on if you told me you could take these three, you take the field, I'm definitely going to take uh, the three names you missed, you mentioned because three and off Dustin Johnson, I mean, we've talked about it numerous times, but he's played five live events now and his worst finish is eighth. And in his last four, his worst finish is first. So, I mean, he's just been a literally just walking ATM ever since he's gone over the live. Uh, Cam Smith finished fourth in Boston, won in Chicago, and Joaquin Neiman finished uh, second and fourth in his two live events. So I I don't expect that to change. In all honesty, I would be fairly shocked if those three guys weren't all in the top ten by the time uh, the week sets up. And Woody, betting-wise, I mean, there's some interesting names down in the 3,500 and 4,000 range. Um, guys like Matthew Wolf, Lee Westwood, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Charles Howell III, Harold Varner, Brooks Kepka, Honorbon Lahiri, Brandon Grace, who won one of these things. I feel like this might be one of those weeks where if you did throw 10 bucks on a guy, I might go down to the 3,500 or 4,000 range, Woody. Well, the other thing we got to keep in mind, guys, is they're they're playing in Bangkok, Thailand. Now, again, I've I've played golf around the world, and it's different. I mean, there's a lot of different things. You know, you're changing times. You cross the international date line to get to Bangkok. There's a lot going on with your body, and so how long does it take to readjust, Woody, over there? Do you think? Well. It doesn't. It doesn't happen right away, and I'm not sure when those guys got there. But but it. it I'm telling you guys, that's a that's a part of it. And the food. There's just a lot that's going on when you're playing in a, in a at that far overseas. Okay, so it just say those three guys. No, I don't think so. Now, if you told me those three guys again in Chicago or something like that, I might have to agree with you. But there's a lot of variables here that. We don't know. You know, one of them could get, you know, some kind of a bad, you know, one of those deals you got to sit on the pot all the time. You know what I'm talking about? So you don't know. They're eating funky foods and and crazy stuff happens. So I don't know. I I don't – I'm going to tell you, I don't think one of those three is going to win. I think somebody else is going to win this week. I don't know who, but I think somebody else is going to win, not one of those guys. Want to throw a pizza on it, Woody? Yes, I do. All right, I got that. I got a piece. Hide away piece. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. I love that. Yeah, I'm all in. Beautiful, boys. And they will be playing at Stonehill Golf Club. It'll be playing just over 7,800 yards. And on our last show, if you didn't hear it, we talked a little bit about how there's some elevation over in Bangkok. I'm curious to see what this golf course is like. I know absolutely nothing about it, Woody. Um, but just, you know, for the people that didn't hear us on our last show, just tell us a little bit about golf in Bangkok and what we could kind of expect from this golf course. Well, when I was there, it was in February, so it was that's their summer. It, so it was really, really hot. So I'm not sure it'll be as hot as it was when I was there. It's tropical. It, it's usually a tropical type of climate. Um, like I said in our last podcast, there's there's a lot of snakes, uh, monkeys. Um, it, it's a pretty crazy place to play golf, but 
Um, the golf courses are beautiful. I do remember that. The golf course we played anyway when I was there was, was a beautiful golf course. So um, the elevation, I didn't play at that high elevation when I was there, but I knew there was some mountains there. So uh, that, that too, add that to the factor of, you know, 10%, usually the ball goes 10% further that high. So there, there's just a lot going on this week. So, I, you know, it's a crapshoot he's going to win. I still say I'm going to be, I'm going to have a piece to come in my way. That's what I'm going to tell you. And Woody, what kind of grasses are over there? Damn, just I know. It's green. <laughs> that's, that, that's all I can tell you. I haven't clue what that grass is okay oh that's beautiful uh t-dub any thoughts on this what are you looking forward to most about stonehill golf club in bangkok so i I just clicked on clicked on this real quick it says that many of the older courses in thailand such as royal hua hen or something like that and royal bangkok sports club lose fine bladed doja on the green so doja greens i didn't even know that was a thing so that would be fairly interesting to see but yeah i think that just adds to woody's point that we don't really know what to expect in the sense of the course and, and this, the, the fact that you're in a completely different part of the world is going to make things so much different. I, I just think that by the time that the week, that the week coming to the end, the, uh, the better heads will prevail in, in, by the end of the third round. But one thing that's fascinating, Sam, it's kind of like you mentioned on our last show, the course goes like 7,800 yards or something just absolutely ridiculous. And if there's a little bit of elevation, so be it. But apparently it's going to be very pivotal to be able to hit, hit some long balls off the tee. So I, I would, like I said, I, I'm kind of like you. I don't really know a whole lot about the golf course, but it's just off my gut feeling. I, I expect this, I expect maybe not the overall scores to be low, but I expect maybe anywhere from three to about six or seven guys maybe separate themselves and, and, and throw a few low numbers up. And guys, then talking about the team event, let's take the four aces out of it for just a second. Maybe we should always take the four aces out of it in our competition, but I do want to look at a couple other teams like Team Punch with Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, Matt Jones, and uh, Wade Ormsby. They played pretty solid golf uh, in Chicago. It was pretty led by Cam Smith. It's all dependent on how he plays, but I also want to look at a team, the High Flyers. Phil Mickelson played better golf in Chicago, and we saw guys like Bern Viesberger finish in the top 10 in the last live event, played well at Wentworth, um, and Matthew Wolf and Cameron Tringali. I think that, you know, the High Flyers are a little bit better team this week than uh, you might give them credit for, at least odds-wise. Um, but, T-Dub, are you looking at any other teams that might have a better chance uh, to win than any of the others taking the four aces out? And you look at, I, I think, I believe I had the Crushers last time. I mean, the team of Bryson, Paul Casey, Charles Powell, and Audubon Lahiri, I mean, that, that team's pretty loaded to me. you got to think mm-hmm. they're going to start playing some pretty good golf eventually. I like that team. And then, I mean, you always got you always got to look at the dang uh, Stingers, the South African team. I mean, Brandon Grace. And, and Swartzel won the first two live events, and then uh, and then Louie and Sean Norris ran as a team. So I, I'm definitely looking at them. Um, a lot of people kind of talking about punch. That's Cam Smith's team, the Penn, Leishman, Matt Jones, and Ormsby. I don't know. I, I, I'm probably – I'm not going to think I, – I wouldn't pick them to finish in the top three this week. They may if Cam Smith goes out and, and plays really well. Um, one team that I'm looking at that's pretty interesting is the Smash team. That's uh, – the team with the Kepka brothers, Kokrak, Yule Line. Yule Line uh, uh, finished, well. It was either last year. They finished second, yeah, so at, at, in Chicago. Absolutely right. That was when uh, Ch- Chase Kepka played really good um, in the final round to move him up. And Yule Line finished well there and at another event as well. So you got to look at 
at those guys as well, I do think there are some teams here. Like, for example, the Niblets team, which is uh, uh, the Bubba Watson team, which he's not playing. That's Harold Varner, Swafford, uh, James Pyatt, and Kirk Pettit. I don't think that team ever has a chance of hell of ever getting on the podium. <laughs> well, and, and the thing you have to remember about these teams is – Boys, we, we have to remember the fact that Live hasn't even started yet. This is the Live series, the Live Tour next year. Um, what is it called? The Live, right? Are they calling it the Live Tour next year? There's some difference there, but the real Live, what they have been preparing for, starts next year. And I think we have to remember that a lot of these teams could change over the offseason, right? Well, I think that's exactly right. I think they're they're still looking to get some big time sponsors, some other people involved that would own these teams, and that will change immensely. But one thing I would say for sure, Taylor Gooch needs to send Dustin Johnson a Christmas card this year with a lot of kisses on it, because if Dustin Johnson doesn't come to him and go, "Hey, you want to be on this team?" <laughs> what if he's Phil Mickelson? What if Phil Mickelson had come up to Taylor Gooch and said, you want to be on my team? Well, Taylor Gooch is probably going to go, yeah, I, I want to be on your team. But thank goodness Dustin Johnson came to Taylor Gooch first. So, uh, well, we kind of forget, guys. You, you remember yeah, that yeah. Stinger won the first event and Taylor was on Team Torque, right, with with a bunch of nobodies. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He got uh, He's got three million reasons so far to say thank you, Mr. Dustin Johnson. So, uh, yeah, and, and but he's played well, too. I'm, I'm not saying it's all because of Dustin Johnson, but I'm sure glad Dustin Johnson invited him onto his team. Uh, that was a good deal for him. Yeah, and T-Dub, I'm looking at a couple more of these interesting bets that you can make. I kind of like a guy like Lee Westwood to finish top 10 at plus 140. Um, other guys like Matthew Neesmith, top 20, is plus 300. I think that that's pretty good odds on a guy finishing top 20. Um, if you do like Team Punch with Cam Smith um, and the Australians, you could uh, get them at plus 360 to win the team event. But I'll tell you my favorite Bet T-Dub is the long shot, Carlos Ortiz at plus 8,000. That's just too good of a number for Carlos Ortiz. Yeah, so that, that's 80 to 1 right there. And he, he played extremely well at, at Portland. So, yeah, I definitely like that bet. I really like the Lee Westwood top 10 bet because you look at look at his last one, that six events, and and he, he finished 34th at, at the British Open, and that was by far his worst finish. He finished 12th at, at Chicago, finished 4th and 6th at Boston Bedminster, finished 13th. At Whitworth, so I think that Lee Westwood has been fairly motivated as of late. I expect him to play pretty well. And, and, and Sam, just for clarification, you asked this question earlier. Next year in 2023, it'll be officially called the Live Golf League. That's exactly right, T-Dub. Those were the words that I was looking for earlier. I know that they don't like being called the Live Tour because of all the semantics going on in the game of golf right now, but the Live Golf League is what they will be called next year when they officially uh, start up, guys. So it's time to make our picks for Live Bangkok, and uh, I think it is. Is it T-Dub, right? T-Dub is the man that gets to choose first. Yes. I, 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 yes, I, I was very, very not uh, not good at the last live event, so I'll pick it up. Are we starting with the team or the individual first? We always start with the individual first. I like it. Give me Dustin Johnson. Shocker there. Woody, you're up next. Well, I can't, I can't, have, I can't pick the three guys, you know, that Taylor and I got a pizza bed on, so I got to go rogue. Bet, Woody. 
Uh, no, no, no. I could hedge my bet. That might be a pretty good idea, but I know because I'm so far behind, I'm not going to win a pizza on this stupid game anyway. So um, let's see. Who who played pretty good? I think you got to believe uh, my boy Taylor. I'm going with Gooch this week. I kind of like that, Woody. I, I think that Taylor Gooch is honestly not being a homer pick here, but I honestly think that he might be the best bet to win the golf tournament at plus 1,400. However, I'm going down the list this week, boys. It's time for Bryson DeChambeau to win on the live series okay Bryson DeChambeau is going to win live Bangkok I know a lot of people are on his ass about whether it be the rope thing or you know the whole long drive thing that he's not concentrating on his all-around game but I do know that he's had a golf club in his hands while a lot of other of these guys um, have taken a little bit of a break here these past couple weeks so and, and by the way Taylor Gooch did play at St. Andrews last week um, along with a couple other guys so anyways guys Bryson DeChambeau will win live Bangkok so give me Bryson at uh, what is he here plus 2500 is my absolute best bet of the week and now it is time for the teams T-Dub who do you have this week and we are making the rule you cannot pick the four aces well, I, I do want to say I do like your, your Bryson pick. And another guy who I think a record will be broken this week. First, Kepka's played in four live events, and his best finish is 11th at Bedminster. I do think he'll get his first top 10 in a live event this week. So I am I am going to go ahead and call that now. As far as next team goes, I, I alluded to him earlier, so I'm going to ride with your Bryson pick. I'm going to go with the Crushers. I think they're going to play pretty well. A sleeper, The two sleepers <laughs> on that team really are, are Charles Howe and Audubon Lahiri, and they've been playing exceptionally well as of late. So I, I think that is the, the best bet since uh, the first event that we decided not to pick the four aces. I get the first pick. So that's uh, that's, that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. All right, Woody, what do you got? Well, I want to make it clear that I have yet to pick the four aces because I'm stupid, okay? So um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm not getting banned because I never had them in the beginning. Woody, so, do you want the four uh, aces this week? I will make a uh, and I think that Taylor would agree, since you've never had the four aces, you can, you can pick the four aces this week. I, I'll tell you what. Let's just have some fun. I'm going to go with them, and you know what's going to happen? They're going to play like dogs, but I'm going to go with them, okay? We're going okay, to we're we're give me the four aces. I'm going to try it. T-Dub, are you cool with that since he's never had the four aces, or do you think you got screwed because uh, the rule was made the time you had the first pick? Well, I'll say this. I'm I'm okay with it up to this point. But if Woody somehow makes this miraculous comeback and comes back and beat our ass, I'm not going to buy him no damn pizza because this is ridiculous. Well, I think that, you know, we're not that worried about it. it no, you got to pay up eventually. It's just tell uh, me you're not I'm, cool I'm with the totally rule kidding. then. I, I'm, to, I'm totally messing around. Yes, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's, he's trying to be that wine bag again. I tell you, he's killing me. He's, he's the youngest whiner well, I've ever Woody. met. Woody, it's not my damn fault you didn't pick the four aces all year. <laughs> I know it's it's not, your head, but, but, but I couldn't agree with you more. That's why I admitted to it. I'm stupid. I should have picked them a lot of times, and I just kept thinking all oh, these other teams are going to do it. And, T-Dub, here's the deal. I got them this week. If you let me have them, they're not going to win, but I got to do it. I got to say, well, at least I, I got on them one time, and they, they failed me. 
Like, what will happen is they'll probably go out and win by 35 shots or something like that. Especially they might pick Dustin Johnson, too. Which, which I guess would be all right because then I would win the individual side. So, yeah, it's all good, Woody. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So we're all good. <laughs> well, boys, I, I'm a little confused on what to do here because I didn't think anyone was going to take the crushers from me uh, picking third here, but I think that I'm just going to go with my gut and I'm going to go team punch. Give me Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, Matt Jones, and Wade Ormsby uh, as my pick this week. I'm a little bit surprised no one took the high flyers, T-Dub. Do you have any thoughts on the high flyers or the Majestics that have both had some decent tournaments in the past? Also, nobody took Stinger as well. There's some solid teams here if you took the four aces out of this event. I, the, the teams are starting to get fairly loaded, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those teams that you, you mentioned off were well. I just... I'm what happened was you sold me on Bryson so much right before I picked it. I had to pick the trust. That's what it was. All right, boys. Well, after the break here, we're going to get to the Shriners Children's Open on the PGA Tour, get into a couple other little golf news stories. But stay with us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof. It is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. And we are back rolling along here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And if you live in the Oklahoma City area, please do us a favor and go visit our friends at Quail Creek Bank. They've been doing it for years. They're the best in the business, and they know Woody personally. Woody, please tell us more about Quail Creek Bank. Quail Creek Bank has been my friends, well, literally since uh, they celebrated 50 years as a bank, which was mind-boggling to me and one of the pictures they had of when i was a uh, quail creek club champion when i was 16 years old man i was a sporty looking dude i'm telling you i don't know what happened to me i guess <laughs> i just grew old uh but 50 years as a bank that tells you how good they are we talked about all their great people and how there's no atm fees but 50 years as a bank says everything you need to know about quail creek bank we've said it before we'll say it again go visit them that's your bank of choice so woody during the break you told us you're doing uh something out on your property what are you doing out there what what are you doing out there are you digging some dirt well uh you know i've, I've got my friend manuel with me and uh He's digging more than I'm digging. I'll just tell you that. But I've, I've, I've had a problem with my lake, guys, and this is just crazy. But uh, 
I, I used to worry about which way my driver went. Now I worry, I worry about lakes and deer and ponds and all sorts of stuff. So I've got one of the biggest pieces of machinery I've ever seen. And now here's the fun part. Manuel's going to teach me how to run it. So uh, by next week on the podcast, I'm probably going to just quit this and quit my job as a teaching pro, and I'm a I'm going to be an excavator. You should have learned how to drive the excavator over at Oak Tree while they were doing all the renovations. It's too late, Woody. I think you probably did that so you weren't weren't asked to, uh, you know, go move some dirt over at Oak Tree. Yeah, you're probably right. But let me tell you something. Moving dirt at a golf course, that's got to be a little bit more fine-tuned. Uh, this, if I just dig the hole the wrong place, it's no big deal. It's just going to fill with water. I, what I'm telling you guys, I can't screw this up unless I turn this thing over. <laughs> now, that would be a scene. That would be a scene. Yeah. Now, now, Woody, I, I got to know more about this. So do you, is your pond stocked with fish? What do you, why are you digging out uh, the pond? Well, yes, my pond is stocked with fish. There's a, there's a part of my lake that's been really good. But there was another part of my lake that a bunch of silt has come down, kind of like oak tree. But I don't have them big bags filling up. I've got my excavator. <laughs> so I, I, I've got about an acre and a half I'm having to dig out. And and I got to tell you guys, this machine, it goes down about four or five feet deep into the ground. Now, that is a lot of dirt. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out where the hell I'm going to put all this dirt right now. So, um and the funny thing is, you want to know about if my lake was stocked with fish. You know where I got my fish from, Sam? Where? Oak Tree. Really? Did you uh, Everett, them all? Uh, yeah, Everett Dobson. God love him. Uh, I asked him one day, I said, Everett, would you mind if I, if I caught some of the smaller bass and perch out of your lakes and took them to this pond I'm building in New Wall, Oklahoma? And he goes, <laughs> he just kind of chuckled, and he goes, well, do you think you can do that? And I said, yeah, I think I can do that. And uh, he said, well, you knock yourself out. You catch as many as you want. And I said, okay, thank you. So I bought a 40-gallon cooler, a big old, big old cooler that'll fit in the back of my truck. I got an aerator that, you know, pumps oxygen in there. And I'd go out to Oak Tree, and I'd sit there, and I'd fish and play a little golf, and I'd fish a little more, play a little golf, fish a little more, and, you know, by the time day was over, I had 20, 25 fish, and I'd cart them back here, and I'd dump that ice chest into the pond, and away I'd go. And I did that probably, let's just say I've got about 300 bass in my lake. That's okay? unbelievable. So, wow. what, what, yeah. Woody, what, Woody what, what is, the, what is the, the success rate of a fish living in your cooler? Like, did they, did they all survive when you got into your pond? Believe it or not, they did. It's the darndest thing I've ever seen. It's a 45-minute to 50-minute drive, and I got it figured out that they can, as long as you got oxygen going in there, buddy, they'll they'll survive. They, it, it's it's. Let's just say when I started this project, I thought, "Wow, this is never going to work." But it, it, dang, if it didn't. So, uh, Woody, uh, what's the key I'm to catching bass? bass? Clearly, you. I think the most impressive part is you caught that many bass. Oh, well, hell, Sam, that's all I've done my whole life. My wife always tells me that I've done nothing my whole life but play games. Okay? <laughs> but tell us the key. I'm not a, I'm not a fisherman, Woody. Tell us the key to fishing. Uh, there, there's really no key to fishing other than the fact you just got to understand where structure is and what bait they want to hit at what time of year they want to hit them. And then patience. You got to have a lot of patience to be a good fisherman. 
So, and I, 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 luckily I've got two of the three. I don't have a lot of patience, but I, I got taught when I was young. I was very lucky when I was young. I had people that also played games their whole life and they taught me how to fish and hunt and play golf. I'm a pretty fortunate son of a gun is who I am. So what was the Woody, best? If you were, go ahead. Go ahead, T-Dub. I, I was, was going to say, Woody, if you're a professional golfer and you catch that many fish, you got a lot more patience than you give yourself credit for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let me just tell you this, though. Oak Tree's got a lot of fish. Yeah, that's <laughs> what know? my next question was, Woody. Which pond was the best out of Oak Tree to fish in? Well, hell, I can't tell you that. And somebody will go, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, um what you always want to find at Oak Tree is after you like to go to Oak Tree after it rains because wherever the fresh water is being moved into a lake, whether it's down there by number one, you know, right where that water rushes into that lake there, mm-hmm. or over by number three, anywhere where there's fresh water or moving water coming into a lake, that's the first place you want to fish. Okay, that's where the fish are going to be because they're they're getting the oxygen from that water coming in. The other thing is look for structures. Well, at Oak Tree, you got all those rocks around like two tee box and over there by eight and uh, six tee box. Um, fish along those rock outcroppings and then find whatever trees are out there in the water. Uh, throw, throw, what I like to do is throw plastic worms out there. So, uh, but this is a golf podcast. Now we're talking about fishing. <laughs> hey, we got to change gears every once in a while. We we never have an off season in golf, so we never have a chance to kind of shoot the breeze on things like this, Woody. So yeah, I, I'm yeah. really curious about it. And, and, and to be oh, honest, yeah, well. I, I don't know if there's anyone, maybe other, wasn't there a professional fisherman that was a member out at Oak Tree, Woody? Um, I can't remember oh, yeah, his name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Super Dave. Super Dave, Super Dave uh, that right. owns the uh, Midwest Trophy. Midwest Trophy that makes the Heisman Trophy. Dave, yep. Yeah, he is a he is a really good fisherman. So uh, you know, I picked his brain a little bit too. Uh, so uh, it, it's like any sport or anything you do, go find somebody that's really good at it or a lot better than you are and learn from them. That 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 is what I tell everybody out there listening, whether it's golf or fishing or hunting or whatever it is. Go to somebody that's really good at it and ask them how they do it. A hundred percent, guys. I mean, <laughs> Woody is a man of many talents, and and I I don't think there's anything you can't do, Woody. Um, but I I think I might be right on saying this. I think there's one thing you probably won't do this week, and it's watch the Osiona Open Day España presented by Madrid, uh, which John Rahm and Tommy Fleetwood are playing in, and then it's tough to even recognize some of these names uh, on the European tour. But John Rahm does have the highest winning percentage I've ever seen on Data Golf. That's 26.2% chance to win the Osiona Open de España, T-Dub. Do you have any thoughts on, I, I guess it's just the Spain Open, right, T-Dub, is what that means? Uh, open de España, yeah, that's essentially exactly what that means. And I, I thought the exact same thing. I said, I've never seen a, a higher favorite than, than John Rom. And the son and Tommy Flew was a, a very good player, too. But I would be I would be astonished if Rom does not finish in the top five of this event. I think it, it, it's a dead shoe. But, yeah, I mean, you, you look at the guys that, that are after them. You know, you got some good players like Min Woo Lee, uh, Tristan Lawrence, Audrey uh, Arneos. I believe that's how you pronounce it. I'm probably a little bit off there. But those are your next few players. Those are all real solid players. But uh, – but still not not holding much weight there. So, yeah, I, I expect this to be very, very top-heavy event for sure. 
And Woody, let's go to the Shriners Children's Open. Patrick Cantlay is your favorite. He has a 10.6% chance to win on Data Golf. Sungjae M, Aaron Wise, Max Homa uh, on down the list here. And Woody, this isn't the greatest field in the world, but um, you know Patrick Cantlay, Sungjae M, Aaron Wise, Max Homa, those guys at least have to like pique your interest a little bit, right, Woody? Oh, it's not a bad field. That's a pretty doggone good field, really. When you think about it, I think I think it's I think it's a better field than what we've seen in some of the PGA Tour events. So uh, Vegas is a good week for them. They have fun. Uh, I'm not sure who I'm picking this week. It might be Homa. Uh, he's he's kind of on a roll, guys. He's really playing some good golf. No, he definitely is. And if we go back through Homa's recent finishes, um, obviously he missed the cut at the Open Championship, but he won at the Fortinet Championship and then played well in the President's Cup. And, you know, earlier in the year, he had some up and down events. He went through a stretch from uh, the... uh, 2020 PGA uh, in majors where, you know, he didn't make a cut in a major between the 2020 PGA and the 2021 U.S. Open T-Dub. So what happened kind of at the end of last year in Max Homa's game uh, to kind of propel him to such, you know, heights at the at the end of last year? Well, the two main things that he's done is, is that he's He's improved on it on his driving so much. He went from from 2021 it was 0.22 strokes gained off the tee, and then last year he gained 0.6. So his driving got immaculately better. He started hitting it a lot straighter, just a little bit further. So that's all a good combination. And then on his putting too, he actually just barely lost strokes gained putting in 2021, and then last year he gained 0.38 on the green. So I think that is definitely where he made his uh, his strides. I will say this though. Uh, Homa has played this event five times. He's only one for five on cuts made, and his best finish is the first time he's played it, and that was a T30. The last four times he's played it, he's missed the cut, and he's gotten progressively worse off the tee in all those events. So what that leads me to believe is maybe he's not confident. Maybe the tee shots don't do the die very much. So I do expect Homa to probably do – I expect him to definitely make the cut, but I do not – I would not pick Homa to win. I do think there are some other guys up there who are maybe better favorites. They just have a little bit better course history than he has. Yeah, and then T-Dub, I want to ask you about one more guy, and that's Aaron Wise. And I feel like he's kind of an underrated, slept-on player on the PGA Tour. Last year, um, he gained shots in every single strokes gain category, and it was the first time since he's been on tour that he gained shots on the greens. What have you seen from Aaron Wise, uh, especially towards the end of 2022, where he did make the Tour Championship. He, he played well at the BMW, finished tied for 15th. He finished 13th at the Wyndham. He finished second at the Memorial. It seemed like he had just a really solid year, and no one really talked about it. No, no no one did hardly at all. And it's such a curious case because Aaron Wise was such an elite college player, too, at Oregon. I mean, he was an absolute stud. So you would think that he would have maybe a little bit more publicity around him when he's out there. But, but yeah, just looking at how he's improved his game, he's a lot better off the tee uh, than he was in comparatively in 2021, gaining almost .3 shots more and hitting the ball a lot further than he did in there as well. And then the putting really is, is also the main thing, very similar to what Homer's done, just being able to get even to the positives on strokes gained uh, putting because in 2020 and 2021, uh, he, both years he essentially was lost half a shot on the green, so that's not very good at all. So it's good to see that he's been able to turn it around there. And you look at him at this course, he's played this event 
six times, Sam. Four for six on, on cuts made, two finishes inside the top ten. So I, I do think Aaron Wise will have a good week this week. If you do have any head-to-head bets, Aaron Wise versus Homa, I'd probably go with Aaron Wise. Yeah, and then Woody, I want to ask you about a guy that I know you've watched a lot of golf of, and that's Sung M. And Sung M, another guy kind of like Aaron Wise, is quietly one of the most consistent players on the PGA Tour. He as well gained strokes in every single strokes gain category. He's great off the tee, almost gained a full shot in 2022 off the tee. And where he really improved last year was around the greens. And if I go back through his finishes in 2022, especially at the end of the year, he gained shots on the greens, gained almost a full shot on the greens in his last six events, Woody, in his last five events, Woody. And so I'm curious what you see in Sung JM's game that makes him more consistent than other players. He's a great iron player. I mean, he's a fabulous iron player, in my opinion. He, he also played good, you know, at President's Cup. And so... He's the kind of guy that's uh, he, he kind of flies under the radar. Does that make sense to you guys? I mean, he goes he goes just a little bit under the radar, and he shouldn't because he's he's probably one of the best ball strikers uh, on that tour. No, I totally agree, and I think part of that might have to do with him being South Korean a little bit, Woody. Don't you think that we don't know a whole lot about his personality? And so I, I think that you know, where a guy like Homa we've known about forever, um, but Sung J M, I mean, he's been one of the consistently solid players on the PGA Tour for years. I think it might be one of those cases, right, Woody? I think that if you were in South Korea, Sung J M might have a great personality. Just yeah, like, I uh, totally agree. Joe, uh, you know what I mean, but uh, when you're playing foreign, foreign, you're a foreigner playing in our country. Uh, you know, it takes a lot for our our press and everything to kind of uh, oh adopt them and take them on. And and those guys are always somewhat aloof. They 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 kind of they don't speak real good English, and so they're always scared to kind of be around people. And so that that's kind of tough. I, I don't I don't envy them. I think it's really amazing how good they do play on our tour. Because I know when I was in Asia, I didn't uh, I didn't light the world on fire when I went all the way across the world playing. So uh, that that shows you how really good they are. And then T Dub, the last guy I want to talk about from the Shriners Children's Open. It used to be the Shriners Hospital Open, right? And now it's the Shriners Children Children's Open, right? Uh, but anyways, I think that one of the guy, the last guy that I want to talk about is Taylor Montgomery. And Taylor Montgomery, twenty seven years old, uh, you know, he he's one of these new guys on the PGA Tour that we don't know a whole lot about. And so tell us a little bit about Taylor Montgomery and and what his game might be like and why. Why Data Golf thinks that he's one of the favorites in this golf tournament? Well, he's played in the in the two events so far on the PGA Tour, the Fortnite Championship, Sanderson Farms. He's finished third and ninth. And looking at both events, when he finished third at the Fortnite, he gave two point seven eight shots of putting, and then last or and then Sanderson Farms gave one point three six. So definitely got something figured out there. He was just absolutely phenomenal uh, down the stretch on the Corn Ferry Tour last year, finishing ninth, fourth, third, and second in his last four events. So. Kids, kids on an absolute roll. I expect him to have 
a pretty big year based on uh, what we've seen so far, especially if you can keep his putter rolling like that. A hundred percent, guys. And, you know, when I look through these stories and, and everything, you know, it's all live and, and PGA Tour and all this stuff. I'm so ready to just get back to talking about the game of golf and how these guys are doing. Because, like I just said, we just covered three different tournaments and there's top ranked players in each of these tournaments. Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, obviously in live. John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood playing on the European Tour this week. Patrick Cantlay, Sung J.M., Aaron Wise. Max Homa playing on the PGA Tour this week. And what it just brings my mind back to, Woody, is all of these tours can coexist, to me, at least. What they always say, it's just golf, boys. This is not trying to put a man on the moon, okay? It's golf. (laughs) It's, It's real simple. Let's figure it out where we get the 156 best players every week playing somewhere besides a fight. Okay, I get the DP tour. We've always understood that what we used to call the European tour and the PGA tour. Okay, live shouldn't be that big a deal. It should be able to migrate right into all those and and work. I mean, it's just I'm with you, Sam. I just hope let's hope that 2023 brings what you said earlier, common sense. Wouldn't that be fun, buddy? It really would. T.W., do you have any thoughts on that, on how they could coexist? I think that they're they're frankly showing it at this point. I, I think that besides all the hysteria in the media and stuff, I think this is a, a great week for golf. Like you mentioned, I'm I'm going to watch a little bit of John Rom in Spain. I'm obviously going to watch the live, and I'm going to watch some of the, the PJ Tour event. You know, I'm not not the biggest fan of TPC Summerlin. Just reminds me of a classic desert course, but it seems like there's always a lot of a lot of excitement at that tournament. I remember uh, Patrick Kane and Kevin Nall play off a couple of years ago where. Kevin Nall literally set the record on the PJ Tour for most feet in putts made. So usually get some good finishes there. And I'll say this too. Thank God that we have all these tours to watch golf on. Because not only are my Sooners horrible at football, but my fancy football team is horrible. So football season is absolutely done for me. It's the worst September of football I've ever had. Hey, and T-Dub, the sad part is once OU loses every year, I kind of look forward to Thunder basketball, and that's not going to be any good either. Hopefully we get Victor Wimbenyama with the first pick next year. Um, but what do you Hey, want- hey, hey. Hey, boys. Pistols firing. <laughs> Come on. That's exactly on. right, Woody. That's Boo. exactly right. Hey. Wiz or be a Kansas Jayhawk fan. Now don't give up <laughs> on football just because your one team's having a little bit of a bad year. Come I on, man. Woody, it's like, Woody, it's my fantasy team, too. I mean, everything I care about is football <laughs> is in the shooter. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. <laughs> there you go again. I'm going to start calling you wine bag. You're going to have to quit this. <laughs> I, 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 I've, been, I've been called a lot worse. So that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. I do think that Spencer Sanders is the best player in the Big 12, uh, for that matter, and that Oklahoma State is the best team in the Big 12, Woody. So you have a lot to look forward to where uh, the Sooners definitely don't. And, Woody, I want to get to one last thing before we end it up here. I saw this interesting stat on Twitter, and it says here that Tiger's career make rate from seven to nine feet is 52%. Now, the best player that golf has ever known, Woody, has missed 48% of his putts from seven to nine feet on the PGA Tour. 
and they ask this question here. This comes from Lou Stogner, uh, or Stagner. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name on Twitter. But he asked this question, and I want to ask you this. Why do so many mid-handicap players think they should never miss from eight feet? It, it seems like, you know, the thing that we don't talk about enough when teaching players, and especially, you know, amateurs, is to temper expectations. And I kind of want you to expand on that a little bit about tempering expectations. I try to tell my students all the time that uh, Bob Rotella wrote a book about it. Golf is not a game of perfect. And I, I still, Sam, to this day, I don't know why people think they're going to make any putts. The, when you think about it, you're not on a perfect surface. The ball breaks. The speed's got to be perfect. The hole's not very big compared to the ball. If you really stop and think about it, you ought to sing hallelujah, kumbaya every time you make one, okay? And we always have told you about your putting. Quit trying so doggone hard. And that's what I think people got to realize. If you don't think you're going to make the seven-footer, odds are you might make it. And if you don't, don't worry about it because Tiger Woods missed 48% of them, okay? Great stat. I mean, it just screams to you. And if you think it's bad from seven to nine feet, Jump on out there to twenty twenty five feet, but but <laughs> right. but but you guys think about it. When we watch golf on television, the guy that's winning, right? We get to see a lot of him. He some reason that week can see the ball going in the hole or something's going on. He makes a lot of putts, okay. And so the guy sitting at home goes, "Well, see, he makes them all." And no, no, he doesn't because the guy that missed the cut that's on the airplane going home, he didn't make any. Right. Okay. And he's a pro. He's a PGA professional. Amateurs got to remember they have a day job also before they even think about playing golf. So the odds against them are even worse because they don't get to practice. I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I, I just chuckle at it now because I think back to all those years of teaching and playing. I got, I got thrown into it, too. I thought, well, I should make that putt. Well, no, no, you're not going to make that putt every time. Just get over it. And T-Dub, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. You were a great player, played collegiate golf, and, and what do you can chime in here too? Uh, you know, what he talks about, you know, just temper your expectations or, or say, you know, I'm not supposed to make every single putt, but when you're out there and you're struggling and, and you're trying to make every single putt and you, you, you just really want to make one putt, right? How do you get yourself to have the confidence that the ball will go in the hole knowing it probably won't? Well, I think what people have to have to learn is, and Woody said this briefly, I'll just kind of uh, expand on it. It's just the amateurs in particular have a very false sense of expectation. So you think about it, on on the PGA Tour, the average Tour player is 50% from eight feet, okay? That's not a very long time. It's eight feet. And you got to also think, too, they're playing on the best surfaces you can with the exception of a Sunday afternoon round. But the, but the greens are good, so you, you take that to the amateur game, and no one's going to be as good as, an, as, a, as a pro is on putting. No amateur is. We talk about that all the time, and the greens probably aren't going to be as good. And so when you think about 50%, it's just a coin toss, essentially. So you sit there and you flip a coin. You, you think, okay, I should win this coin toss. But you realize that there's half the time you're not going to get to. And so for whatever reason, amateurs step up on an eight-footer. And, and let's just say a little bit closer for, than the tour. Let's say 60, 50, 50%. And you got to think it's essentially a coin toss. So don't get – are you going to get extremely upset and throw your putter at your bag if you lose a coin toss? No. So why are you going to do it on a six-foot putt? It's the exact same thing. 
Hey, Sam, think back when we played our little scramble up there at Oak Tree. Yep. Did you put you put good that day? I putted amazing that day. Unfortunately, you putted fabulous <laughs> that day. And and so, why do you think you putted good that day? Because I didn't practice beforehand. And you didn't really care because you thought, well, I've got three other guys. If I miss it, that's right. One no, of them can't be taught to make it. Yep. And, and, and so that again, we we talk about golf all the time, but golf is so mental, guys. I was always told, don't ever say you're a bad putter. And 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 Sam, that was one thing that you fought through your mental was you, you thought you're a bad putter. Well, if you think you're a bad putter, you're a bad putter. Trust me. If right. you think you're a bad driver, you're a bad driver. And, and uh, it gets back to, you know what, but I never make any putts. That's why I'm a bad putter. Well, I, okay, but you just can't buy into that. You just got to keep believing that uh, no matter what, this putt's going in. I, I guarantee you, I, I can't miss them all. I'm just going to hit it. It's going to go in. And you did so well that, that that scramble we played. You putted first, and you made I don't know how many putts that day, but it was impressive. You guys I'm didn't thinking, putt very much, let's just say. Putter. <laughs> yeah, well, this, I, I, got to thinking, I thought, you're a good putter. What the hell have you been talking about? You're a good putter. I'm watching you make everything. <laughs> no, you're exactly right, and I think that anybody can take that advice. Um, you know, if you're an amateur player or just, you know, a competitive player, I think anybody, um, that's good advice for anybody, guys. I do see one more thing here on Twitter that we have to touch on. Um, Chad Mum on Twitter has tweeted, I try to manage expectations in general while making these documentaries, but having lived through it this year and now having sat through hours of editing this footage, I can confidently say that this is a good year to make a show about professional golf. Obviously, Chad Mum is the guy producing the Netflix show that will come out about the PGA Tour, similar to what F1 did, guys. So that begs the question for me to ask you, T-Dub, what needs to be in this show for you to be happy with the product? You know, it, this is something that I, I keep forgetting that is going to happen, and I cannot say how excited I am to see this. I hope that there is some actual, you know, live behind the scenes stuff of maybe these guys on what was going on. I, I doubt that'll be the case because I do believe that the PGA Tour gave access to them to essentially be able to do their thing. So I hope that it doesn't turn into this propaganda thing about how, the, how great the PJ Tour is. And all that. I just want to see behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't want to get done watching the, the series and say, oh, I already knew all that, or I could have done without seeing that. That's the, that's the last thing I want to happen. I want to be able to essentially be able to watch it and be able to come on this podcast and talk about it for upwards of 15 to 20 minutes because there's, there's that much insightful stuff on it. Yeah, and to me, Woody, I totally agree with that point there that T-Dub made that I don't want it to feel like I'm just watching a Golf Channel documentary, for instance. I, I want it to be raw and just what was actually said and, you know, just because these guys left for live, still show the footage that you had of those guys like a Cam Smith who was on the PGA Tour all year. Uh, what will you be looking forward to about watching this or will you even watch it, Woody? I always like how you go, you think I don't watch anything, and you're pretty right, I don't. Um, and I don't play video games. I'm pretty boring. Uh, but I, I, you know what? I'm really looking at this, and I'll watch some of this, only if what you guys just said, only if they shoot the truth. If, if we got a bunch of fabricated lies and, uh, you know, boom, 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 PGA Tour, da, 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 you know, and if it just, 
if it just becomes a commercial, um, yeah, I'm out. I, 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 I'm like you guys. I want to see some raw footage. I want to, I want to see some, some heartbreak. I want to see some happiness. I want to see some all, I want it all. And so if they don't give me that, I won't be a viewer for long. I'll just tell you that. I totally agree with both of you guys. And the other thing I'll be looking forward to is seeing if our man Colby Powell will be on when he was talking to uh, Tiger Woods at the PGA or when I was on uh, talking to Rory McIlroy at the PGA because the Netflix cameras were in attendance uh, for both of those press conferences. So I'm kind of curious to see uh, if there will be a 73rd hole uh, appearance on the uh, on the Netflix documentary, T-Dub. That would be pretty sick. I mean, you guys got asked some great questions. I mean, it was such a great week that was bringing up those memories. But, yeah, if we could get some highlights of just kind of also behind the scenes of everything that happened at Southern Hills. And that's one thing I'll add on here, too. I do hope that, uh, you know, the majors and maybe some of the even bigger tour events and even the like the weeks that that live with the headline, you know, there was off the uh, off the course drama that happens. I hope those events. Are, high to, are highlighted more than just your regular uh, Poduck, you know, tour event like the Rocket Mortgage or something like that that we weren't paying that much attention to. So I definitely want to see the, uh, the, you know, what were quote unquote heated moments on the tour last year. That will make for a much better viewing experience. Right, and it won't even bother me if they show a bunch of Rory McIlroy and a, and a bunch of that as long as they just tell us the truth about the other guys as well. You know what I mean? And so just as long as it's not a, a another propaganda machine uh, for the PGA Tour, guys. Did we miss anything today in the golf world? I know that we did a show yesterday and today, so I think we've pretty much covered it all. Did we miss anything, T-Dub? No, not that I'm seeing that missed anything. I do think that, like we said, as of right now, the, the live, live event getting world ranking points for this week, Bangkok, is not official yet. Maybe there'll be something comes down the next day or two, or maybe after the field submitted where, where we get that. So we'll definitely be playing uh, close attention to that, and hopefully we'll have some more development uh, for our next show after all the events are concluded. Hey, yeah, and we even we even covered uh, we even covered fishing today. So <laughs> I want you guys to know, though, uh, come Monday, I'm going to really hope that you guys pay attention to the golf this weekend, but I will send you pictures of my lake because uh, that's what I'm more interested in than anything on golf-wise, okay? So this week, I'm an excavator. I'll catch you guys on Monday, and you can tell me what the hell happened, okay? Hey, Monday might be an interesting show because I'm going down to OU Texas this weekend. Woody is digging ditches and T-Dub's doing whatever T-Dub's doing. Uh, so hopefully we get to watch some golf uh, this weekend. And then on Monday, uh, hopefully you're our golf uh, expert this weekend, T-Dub. Well, I, I got a feeling that I'll watch maybe a quarter and a half of this OU Texas game before it gets out of hand. And I can put it straight on the golf for the rest of the day. And then obviously, I'm not going to watch my fantasy football team. Go ahead and say it, Woody. Call me Winebag. I, I got it. But it's just, it, it's just, I'm over it. I, I'm tired of it. <laughs> Beautiful. That that definitely pays off uh, for me and Woody, uh, the fact that you will be tuned in to the golf this weekend because OU is so bad this year. Uh, so, this has been the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And please go hit that subscribe button at the bottom of the podcast. It's the purple button on Apple Podcasts and the green button on Spotify. It just helps us out. It doesn't mean you're paying any money. It's absolutely free. Um, it just helps us out. Also, go follow us on at the 73rd Hole on Twitter and at 73rd Hole on Instagram. 
Guys, it's going to be an interesting weekend. OU Texas always is. But whatever golf tournament you decide to watch, hopefully you enjoy it. Stay with us here next week on the 73rd Old Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Do you hear that, boys? <laughs> That's the sound of a John Deere. I got to go dig some more dirt. Got to go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> 